And now, live from Isolation Station in Burbank, California, it's the Plague Week 3 on the Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes your guest. He's a comedian who was recently awarded Prosecutor of the Year by the Spiders Bar Association. It's David Huntsberger. And she's a writer practicing good social distancing by keeping six feet between her and the car she's following home to yell at for being a dang jerk. It's Wendy Molyneux. Pone Zone is here and may or may not be wearing pants. And honestly, who who is anymore? I'm her husband, Daniel, saying, stay the fuck away from me. I'll say hello to your new best friend for you. It's Allison Rosen. Hello, my little apple dumplings. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting lockdown show of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon. By Jess Flowers. And if that name sounds familiar, it is because she is the carb czar. Every week, I address you guys as carbohydrates. They are sent in on Patreon. It's one of the many perks. But some of the perks are also cool things like bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content and all sorts of stuff. Um, but anyway, a while ago, I was like, I'm losing track of who I've used before. I need a carb czar. And she put her hand up, and she has been sending me a spreadsheet ever since. So... She is this week's carb, Jess Flowers. Hello. Now, I would like to say hello to my guests who are all joining me remotely. Uh, Wendy Molino, hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? You sound very not excited. You sound oh. subdued. Oh, I am excited. It must be how you guys are hearing me via Zoom. Do you have yeah. some kind I'm of excited. Uh, Any interaction with any filter? Hum- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I said, do you have some kind of blasé filter on? Yeah, I turned on my blasé <laughs> filter so that I can be cool. No, anytime I get to see any human faces or do a normal activity, I am excited, even if my voice doesn't sound excited. <laughs> it's you. So my outgoing voicemail, I don't know if any of you guys... Right now, I just have the one that's like, you have reached, and it says the number, because I got so many people telling me that I sound so depressed on it. And I didn't think I sounded depressed. I thought I sounded cool and maybe a little sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently... I mean, there's a fine line. Yeah, Some people have built a whole career on that, like Fiona Apple. Right. I wonder what kind of remarks she gets about her outgoing voicemail. David Huntsberger, hello. Your hair is suiting you, I must say. (laughs) Thanks. I've had it most of my life, so this feels more normal. Um... But it's been a, a few years, so then now everyone, especially with this quarantine thing, no one's seen me. So then if they do, they're like, oh, look at you all of a sudden, short-haired guy. Yeah. <laughs> but when I saw you last time, which was pre-lockdown, so well, I don't know, a couple, a month ago, a month and a half ago, three weeks ago, it really is yeah. all the same at this point. Yeah. You had just cut it, and now it's like, it's, be, it's getting its life back. It's a little bit longer. <laughs> But yeah. I like that even when you have short hair, I still, it's the only thing I want to talk about. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm obsessed with your hair. Yeah, I like how fascinated you are by my hair and what it's doing because I, um, I never noticed it that much. And uh, maybe I should take better care of it. 
I feel like you're doing fine. It's, you know, it's got a joie de vivre that I don't know that I had noticed before. Wendy, would you agree? A joie de vivre? Yeah. It looks rambunctious. <laughs> <laughs> this is just quarantine here. I forgot that, you know, like it, Tony's, he's got himself together. He looks like normal Tony Thaxton. I'm like yeah. going to stumble out of this and glare at the sun for the first time and be like, oh, life. And so I've forgot that there would be a video component. So I've been really living a pretty disheveled life. Oh, that's why you were like, maybe let's not do a whole video. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe you were like, had some other sort of concerns about your like, um, background, which is all tidy. It's a limited, I mean, it's just one frame of the background. I get, I I can live with that, but the, uh, the disheveled nature, I think it would wear on people and it would start to psychologically impact them subconsciously in a way that was, um, negative i would guess but i feel like the disheveled thing and i'm not hitting on you i know it sounds like i am i feel like the disheveled it's safe thing- now to hit on people because you can't get close anyway now's the yeah. time to just go yeah. balls to the wall hitting on absolutely everyone <laughs> it's so true there's no chance um, you can't get rejected right uh dave i feel like the disheveled thing is working for you i oh, agree thank you Thanks, yeah. guys. I will hit him. Hitting on him. I'm just kidding. You're not. <laughs> what like if my square just on. blanked out? <laughs> Tony Thaxton, hello. Welcome. Hello. How's it going? Good. Uh, uh, so to address what Dave said, you do look pulled together. Like you have product in your hair or at least you've been showering. What's well, going on? Yeah. I mean, I, I am a... Uh, I kind of need to do that. I need a little bit of normalcy, and I uh, I like showering, and uh, and I like to actually get dressed. Even I even I, did I talk about this on the other show? I feel like I did, but I I even like put my shoes on all day. I like wearing shoes, so like I get dressed, do my yeah. And plus, I did. I was a guest on uh, Never Not Funny right before this, and mm-hmm. they were doing video, so I knew I had to at least look kind of presentable. So. You definitely – I would have remembered if you had said that you wear shoes. Okay. This is news to me. Oh, it's literally one of – like <laughs> after I get out of the shower and I get dressed and everything, I put my shoes on immediately. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of a just me or everyone. Does anyone else feel the need uh, – shoes for me are o- an only if I'm going outside kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, I like, to, I like to wear my shoes and my boots. I get it. Yeah. What about any – I'm also Ugh. showering and fully getting dressed every day right now. Guys. If I don't, like I'll descend into something. This is the key to quarantine. Slippers. Did I'm, you make those? I did, yeah. They were like a thing I wanted to do for years and then probably like five years ago now. So they're getting kind of worn in, but I just want to live in them. So that's – that's where I live on the shoe scale. And for for like uh, neuroplasticity, like so senior citizens have a difficult time because they only ever wear shoes and they're on flat, soft surfaces. Their feet forget how to communicate with their brain, so they lose their balance. They fall over. So you got to spend some amount of time barefoot uh, at least, you know, a few minutes a day walking along just so your feet remember what it's like to feel uh, the floor, the earth, etc. So, Tony, be careful. Don't be shooed. Don't be shod all the time. Um, Don't wear your shoes in the shower. Put them right. on after. Like, after. if you get to a point where you're wearing them in and out, yeah, you're yeah. in trouble. You're big trubs. I have a question. <laughs> so, what you're saying is the reason old people lose their balance is because they wear shoes too often? 
it can be their their feet start getting complacent because you're only ever on flat surfaces. You're only on like squishy soft surfaces, so your feet your feet just kind of check out. Like, okay, I guess you you don't need me to be alert. <laughs> so they just stop sending signals. Hold on, and then they're all wobbly and off balance. But wait. When you say they're only on squishy, soft surfaces, do these seniors live in like bounce houses? <laughs> they have they have carpeted floors, and then they have those ridiculous like lunch lady shoes that are really soft, so they don't some, they don't get some senior citizens have hardwoods. That's parents, true. For instance, have hardwoods yeah. throughout yeah. Mu- much of their house, right? And then some carpets. Yeah, and those seniors are excelling. They're doing great. Yeah, they're doing great. They are doing great. <laughs> Knock wood. Knock wood. <laughs> You're a senior now? No, my parents. I oh, what, they have hardwood floors? Knock wood. But you should try to convince them to use uh, or go barefoot, barefeeted every now and again. They won't want to do it. Is that because it it gets difficult to bend over? Like what? what is what is the reluctance among the seniors to go barefoot and also to heed the warnings of coronavirus. Although now it seems like more of them are taking it seriously, but at the beginning it was hard. Yeah. My, I have some theories on that. Let's, let's hear them. (laughs) I think that, uh, they were, they were generationally in a gap that was kind of like they lived through stuff. Their parents maybe had seen the, the end of the great depression or at least the impact from that, but people that are seniors now kind of saw all these positive things. Like, we went to the moon. We lived through the 60s where everyone was having sex all over the place and none of them died from it. And then our generation lived through the AIDS crisis and felt that a little more. And then September 11th where we felt these things that were real. Like, this is – you should worry. And they were kind of like, ah, you know, my generation throughout our teens, 20s, even into our 30s, we didn't have any big scares. So they kind of have this invincibility feeling, this kind of like, it'll all work out. Yeah. And then they and then they had maybe the Cold War scare of getting under their desks, which nothing happened. So then they're like, "This is the same as that. I, nothing happened. I'm not climbing under my desk again." That's my. I also thought. think like old people are get like anxiety about changing their routine. So I think it wasn't like even so much about the threat as like they're not going to change it for that, or because like I, I don't know, just because like you're at their house, they'll still do whatever they were going to do. Like my mom's still like. She won't let me like go look for things in her house. And I don't know why, like no matter how old she gets, I'll be like, oh, do you have like a plastic bag? She'll be like, yes, I'll go get it for you. And I'm like, mom, I can get it. Tell me where it is. And she still won't let me. And I don't know. It's like a weird routine thing that she has. And I'm like, well, what if she gets very old and less mobile? Like, is she still going to be like, I'll get it. And then like seven hours later, I'll let my mom leave the family room. And seven hours later, she'll come back with a plastic bag because she would not let me go get my own plastic bag from her laundry room. Yes, that is what's going to happen, I think. What are your theories? Does she have like secret love letters from a long lost flame hidden somewhere in the house or something like that? Well, I think we're just a very shame-based family. And so there's like this (laughs) idea that like if someone – if you didn't know – that I just took a screenshot of all of us. <laughs> I was making the worst face. I was making the worst face possible. Um, I looked like this. <laughs> you guys aren't seeing. I look like a fish, an upset fish. Um, I think it's like, cause I have the same thing. Like at work, when we work on the big, like uh board, like on the wall, like on the projector with the writing, with the writing, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I've lost my words. When we have the script projected on the wall, 
if I have to get it out of my email, I'll disconnect my computer for a minute because I'm sure that for some, oh my God, my now my watch is going off. Um, I'm a mess. Is there, that was the like, perfect I'll, timing for that. My, I won't let my email, I won't let my email go up on the wall because even though I know there's probably nothing in it except for like a West Elm offer and like an email from Jeff about dinner, I'll be like, this is the one time that someone will have sent me a picture of a penis and it will come up on the wall and it will say like penis email and, and everyone will know that I've received a penis email and like, I'll have to keep justifying it for the rest of my life. I think it's the same thing. My mom thinks like, if I go get a plastic bag, maybe there's like a surprise dildo in that cupboard today that someone put in there as a prank. And I'll be like, what's this dildo? But really, like, I mean, I think it's the same idea is that like, somehow some sort of shame will come from people seeing some part of you or your stuff when you weren't expecting them to. Yes. Wendy, growing up, would she let you get stuff in the house that you also lived in? I mean, if it was my stuff, but I think like if it was anything that was hers, it was like, let me get that for you. And does she own the bags? What do you mean? Like you mentioned, could you get a plastic bag? I'm saying, are the is that under her uh, purview? Yeah. It's in the laundry room. That's her Got area. It. That's one of her Got areas. It. Now the whole house is her area. So like there's no safe room anymore. Like I can go in the fridge and that's like it. <laughs> Everything um, else is probably has an alarm on it. So how are you guys doing? How How's your mood? How's your life? Et cetera. Whew. It's up and down. <laughs> it's definitely up and down. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to i don't i don't know i'm i'm uh like i said getting getting the dog has been a big help but even just sometimes i'll admit it feels a little dark and helpless at times and then other times i'm just like i don't know there's this is just what it's got to be and then i can kind of look past it but it's it depends on the minute almost sometimes for me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah how is your, how is Moose, by the way? You guys, Wendy, David, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Tony got a dog. Congrats, buddy. I, I, I think I interacted about that on um, Twitter with you, but. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it looks like a sweetheart. She's real sweet. Couldn't be sweeter. Uh, and super mellow. And uh, yeah, she's definitely helped my, uh, my spirits a bit during this because being completely alone during this, not great. Yeah. How many poops in your office? Only two, the first two days, and then she has not done it again. See, she's a fast learner. Yeah. Yeah. She's killing it. I have still no complaints. Good. <laughs> I don't see her in the background. Uh, she's on the couch right now. She doesn't really leave the couch much. That's how mellow nice. she is. Yeah. I like that's her perfect. style. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for right now. All right. So that's how Tony's doing. How are you guys doing? Uh, I, I feel like it's sort of like, uh, the stages of grief where you have to like process it in a way. I think I'm still enraged at most Mm -hmm. of the time. I've been drawing and reading a lot. I think trying to avoid my phone, trying to avoid those stupid ass press conferences. Uh, it's so, it's so maddening to, to like have any affiliation with science whatsoever and be like, this is going to happen. And this could go all the way back to the election. 
this is going to fucking happen. No, well, things will be great. And to see exactly what everyone predicted happen is maddening. I can't unwind that and can't like, just like, ah, just let it go. Just stay burrowed in your house and let it go is really hard to do. I've been encouraging people to read The Plague by Camus because it really deals with that emotion a lot and just kind of the, the existence nature of, um, uh, of all of life. Life always kind of feels like this. And yet now it's much more pronounced, much more accentuated because it, it like it's right in our face, the negative things about it. So I think just that kind of sums up how I feel. Just uh, trying to stay positive and thankful. Got a roof over my head. Um, many other things I'm thankful for, but also just enraged at pretty much all times. Now, The Plague by Camus, is that some light escapist reading? It's not as I think when I heard about it and when it, it, it gets put in this sort of like echelon of books that is sort of like, oh, you got to it's not that long and it's really not. It's kind of heavy. It's it's just a, it's a pleasant read. It's a dark story. It's during the plague, like the Black Plague. And it's, so there's gnarly stuff that happens. Uh, and maybe people would hear that and be like, well, I don't want to read that during this. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like from rats and stuff. So, I mean, the, the ways people's necks would swell is disgusting. Whereas now, like, this is awful. Um, there are some similarities. It's more about like what you choose to do in those moments. And so I try to think about that. You know, if I, I'd like to be able to volunteer to go work at a grocery store or something like that. Um, as it is now, I just don't feel like I'm doing a ton. Although we're helping maybe podcasting and whatnot, trying to keep people's spirits up. Hopefully that does something. Yeah, I have felt a dearth of motivation to really like, I don't know, crush this moment in any way. I feel like, like I've heard people, this is such a silly thing to like complain and talk about. Uh, and it's very unrelatable. And so I will continue anyway. Um, I've heard people say that like right now there's no FOMO. And yet when I look at Instagram, I feel like every time I look, I see like 12,000 more projects that people have launched and they already have. And I've talked, this is like the third episode I've mentioned this on. So it's apparently like really a thorn in my side, but it's like they already, they have like great music and they have great art. And like, how are they so creative and productive in this time? Because if I had my way, and I'm fighting against it, but like I would just crawl into bed and just do nothing. Like that's what that's what uh, that's what I want to do. Got to read the plague. Okay. Does it address that? Does it address yeah. podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> that feeling for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I also and feel like that's fine. That's fine because like I think people want to narrativize things and make a story out of this time that's happening like for themselves and also like for society at large. And like, I don't think people actually know what's about to happen or what's going to come next. And I think it makes people feel like safer to do that and be like, and then I did this and I became this person during the, and that's fine. Cause I think it helps some people for myself. Like I find that I have to stay like literally just right in the moment because I feel like we actually have no idea what's going to happen to each of us personally, to Mm -hmm. like our neighborhood, our city, our state, and then the country. Like we actually don't know. And so I feel like just trying to be like, okay, are things essentially okay at this exact moment? That's fine. I can't think any further because I actually don't know. And I think because like my family has like had trauma, like when my nephew got leukemia and then died, it was like... It, it, it sort of not like, oh, it taught me not to feel safe, but it taught me like, like you, you sort of 
for myself, I don't like to narrativize moments because I don't know, because we're all going to assume a sort of a happy ending or whatever. Not you should assume a bad ending either, but like part of me just wants to sit like in the exact moment of now and just be like, is it at this moment? Is it fine? Yes. What's the next thing I can do? I'm going to make chicken nuggets for the kids, like to try to like think past this minute or today. It just doesn't work for me because this also like a lot of the things about this remind me of that time too. Cause like when a kid has leukemia, you have to disinfect everything all the time, like disinfect it in, disinfect it out. Your hands get raw. You have to wash them all the time. You have to use hand sanitizer all the time. And I'm not saying this as a woe is me. Oh, this bad thing already happened kind of thing, but more just like it has echoes of it for me. And we didn't know where that was going at the time and it went bad and things can also go good though. So it's like I, for me, cause I have anxiety and cause of the stuff that's happened in the past, I hope I'm not oversharing, but like, no, I just kind of have to be, share. I have to be right now. And, and I can't be, this is my personal take on these times. I can't be in tomorrow. I can't be in three weeks from now. Like I literally can only be right here or else I start to go a little actually bonkers. So like, I have to just be like, Oh, I'm doing a podcast right now. This is fun. I like this. That's is it. it. That's all I got. Is it a is that um is that a discipline to teach yourself to just be in the now? Cuz I am like for me when I'm in the now, that's actually when I'm okay and it's when I start to think like how long is it going to last? What's going to happen? Yes. And, you know, etc. and then I start spiraling and then I start to feel panicky. So I have to keep reminding myself not to do that. Yeah, and I the first week and or two weeks I was really bad about it, but I feel like now I've just kind of it's only because like self-preservationally I realize like oh that's what I kind of have to do. I have to stay in today and not think about what's coming or anything cuz I don't you don't know. Nobody knows. So it's like I just have to stay here right now. Like but the first couple of weeks it's not like oh I'm some disciplined zen person. It that first couple of weeks I felt very much like there were whole days that went by where I was like what did I do? Like, I was so panicked. I kept checking my phone over and over and over and over again, as if there were going to be answers in there. And I think now I'm like, oh, my phone is toxic. I don't ever want to look at it because it's like, you can't fix it right now. I don't know. I'm th- sorry. I went on and on and on. But no, that's I me. like that's my take on, on, I li- on like what I feel like I can do right now. But that's it. It's not helpful to anyone else. I don't think. I like your answer. Um, I want to talk about something and then, and then I want to address what David said about the anger because I'm relating to some of that. Um, you guys, sometimes life is stressful and hard and we can all use help but may not know how or where to ask for it. If you're feeling stressed or depressed or want professional help with anxiety, insomnia, or any issue affecting your well-being, BetterHelp is available. BetterHelp Online Counseling offers licensed professional therapists who specialize in many different areas, including anxiety and depression, as well as stress, complicated relationships, family conflicts, difficulty sleeping, grief, stress, trauma, and anger. Uh, BetterHelp couldn't be more convenient. You just simply fill out an online questionnaire to help assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love in less than 24 hours. You can easily schedule secure video and phone sessions with your therapist, plus securely exchange unlimited messages. If for any reason you are unhappy with your counselor, this part I love, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Get professional help when you want it, wherever you are. BetterHelp is a truly affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code BESTFRIEND. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash bestfriend. That's betterhelp.com slash bestfriend. Again, betterhelp.com slash bestfriend. Okay. Um, so in the midst of that, in the, and the listeners won't hear it, but there was a very, very cute and sweet interruption 
in Wendy's house of a child asking for a pillow. And we were talking about uh, words and language and stuff like that. And Elliot, instead of saying will, he says are. So he'll say, are you help me? Or are I come, are, are I come in your room now? Um, and I haven't corrected him. And I don't know if I will. I feel like, like, is that my, I mean, that is my job. I don't know. It's, that's hard. Like, he says rune instead of room. And I think I gently told him what it was and it stuck for like two times and then he's back to ruin rune. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like he'll learn it eventually. Probably. <laughs> there, was, there was a long silence. I think we all think he's not going to ever learn it. Based on that silence. We were Sorry. Like, I th- not you're reason. fucking okay. kidding yourself. No, I thought Wendy was going to have a, a, a thing there as a fellow parent. So I was like, oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can weigh in here. Apologies. I got nothing. That's okay. <laughs> so what I was going to say is um, I have been feeling anger and this sense of like sort of outrage and just what the fuck, like what the, f- I think instead of being in touch with my fear, I'm more in touch with my anger over what I, I just all of a sudden begin to feel overwhelmed, distraught and angry. And David, I think you're right. It is like one of the stages of grief. Um, but I feel in this sort of to what Wendy was saying, like about not knowing, I feel like there are no parents like there's no leadership i don't no no one can protect us no one knows what's happening and our like specific leadership really is uh inept and um endangering us that's where i've felt the most positive though because this stupid ass notion of like let's go back to work by easter couldn't have been forced on anyone the nba south by southwest ncaa they all shut down without any influence from the parents no one gives a shit about what that guy or his group has to say so they're like we're going to work and i'm like no we're not it's all the abbott labs coming to coming up with a test that can happen in five minutes out of chicago that's what excites me that america will figure it out we're, we're we have ingenuity other totalitarian regimes are like shut it down like stay in we're gonna smog the whole streets or fog the streets and here we're like we're going partying but our <laughs> our smartest and our best will like account for those idiots and figure out a way to offset it i think i i do think that we we have people that are in their homes right now bored that are just walking around going oh shit i wonder if i could make a mask out of this and people will put together cool exciting um i don't know I don't want to say cures, but like um, helpful things for this. Right. And that excites Responses. me. Yeah, yeah. So I also think uh, we're like, yes. we're lucky to yes. be in California. Like, at least Gavin Newsom has basically been like, fuck no, like, stop, yeah. shut it down. And like, Eric Garcetti, I, you know, and again, I don't feel like I'm in touch enough with California politics to know my overall very specific feelings about those two politicians, but. The fact that they have basically been like, no, we're fucking shutting it down. Like there has been zero like uh, wavering. I can't imagine living in a state where you have a governor who's also mirroring these things. Like I think Mississippi has that problem. There's like a few other states where they have that problem where basically their governor too is like, look at me. I'm at TGI Fridays licking another person's mouth like it's just like <laughs> oh oh very cool what a what cool modeling of virus behavior like it's like we're lucky that at least we have someone who is has been consistent right yeah. 
Garcetti was fantastic. Those press conferences early on with one doing the spacing right away Two, his message was so calming. You could just have it on and just listen. There's something very soothing about his voice in that there wasn't a lot of stuttering. There wasn't ums. There wasn't I thinks or I've heards. It was just, here's what you need to do. And especially, I think he made a huge difference by saying, buy groceries in a regular manner. If you go and buy it all out, it's going to hurt everyone. So we're all in this together. And weirdly, I think there's so many things that have happened in Los Angeles that I wasn't here for the riots and things like that. I weirdly think Kobe Bryant dying, everyone kind of like these murals and shit. It felt like this weird connectivity, which I think he uh, is a rapist, but his death did impact the city in a way that like kind of brought people we can cut that out if you want no we're Uh, keeping that (laughs) um but his death like had an impact it was like the city kind of going like oh yeah we're all together you hear the term like angelinos and stuff but i really think garcetti on top of that being like hey while we kind of have everyone's attention be good to each other don't buy out the grocery stores so you see these pictures of places and yeah there are like certain shelves that are depleted but overall when you're in the grocery store i guess depending on where you go people are kind of calm going about their business i think garcetti had a huge hand in that which is i'm thankful for because it's it could just be lack of leadership and chaos across the board but our local government i think has been great david have you been how have you been acquiring groceries We go like, or I go every 10 to 14 days because I don't want to get them delivered or ordered because I'm able-bodied. And I think that people that are older, maybe more um, susceptible or at risk could benefit from the delivery services. So The people who won't remove their shoes? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, those people. I think like hopefully their neighbors and people around them are being thoughtful and helpful bringing their groceries in or I don't even know if that is helpful as long as they're being uh, like wiping them down and stuff. But Mm -hmm. we've been going or I've been going and uh, it's it's a scene, man. What about you guys? We have been doing delivery. Daniel's gone twice um, and they are, you know limiting which i think is good but limiting the number of things you can buy so the dream of like let's just go and get everything we need and then not ever go back so we have been doing delivery but it's very very difficult to get a delivery window it becomes like a whole job of just refreshing 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 so um yeah like we we are able to get a delivery when we can um we we're okay for most stuff right now um, you know, I'm addicted to those specific sodas and I don't <laughs> like water. And that is the way that this has impacted me personally. I'm out of those sodas and I'm not going to send Daniel back just to buy four. So I've <laughs> moved on to a different kind of soda and a little bit of water. But I feel like, and this is a privilege statement, but if by the end of this, I could be someone who drinks water like a regular human being, <laughs> that would be a good. <laughs> And that's sort of on my vision board. Um, toilet what paper What are the wise, sodas? I am. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Wendy. What are the sodas? What are they? Yeah. What sodas? Uh, oh, uh, they are wild cherry flavored clear sodas made by um, Signature Select or, oh my God, I'm totally blanking. Refresh A. Refresh. Uh, oh, it's okay. the Pavilions Vaughn's brand. No calories. 
very and people think that they're like a LaCroix, but they're not. They're very, very artificially sweetened. And I drink them like water. I'm like addicted to them. Yeah. So I've sacrificed in my own personal way too. Um, but toilet paper, I'm, I am, we're okay. Like toilet paper, like other stuff, we're okay for now. However, I, that doesn't seem to be being replenished anywhere. How are you guys fixed for toilet paper? I'm good. I've still got plenty and I bought a bidet. Oh, you did? I Wait, did. did we already talk about this? I don't remember if we talked about it or not. Well, we didn't talk about it with David and Wendy, so let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just... I just. I have uh, a lot of feelings about a bidet I want to talk about, so go. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I... Because I kept hearing about the toilet paper being a problem, and I, I do have a, a good amount already, and then uh, I kind of wanted a bidet anyways, because... Uh, when uh touring in japan uh that was my first time ever using them and i was always like this makes total sense why aren't we embracing these here uh and so, so were wearing a robe and spraying exactly. water in your butthole exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i i'd kind of wanted one for a long time and uh you can get them cheaper now just the ones that kind of attach to your existing toilet that you have and uh i use this as an excuse to get one and i'm very happy that i did so you got one of the ones that has the cold water. Yes, but it's totally tolerable. Like I don't it I, it doesn't make me go, "Oh, that's too cold." It's not in, <laughs> it's not invigorating in the way that I imagine. No. It's totally fine. I could imagine if you lived in the Midwest in the winter time or something, you know, it's probably different, but here it's fine. And they do make when ones you, that will heat the water. I know. Those need an outlet, which I don't have near mm. my toilet. Um Wendy, what are your bidet thoughts? There's nothing I like less than a squirt of water on my butt. <laughs> There's nothing – because you know what it makes me think of? You know when you flush and you're sitting down on like a public toilet and then the water yeah. splashes yeah. up? Or, to be gross, you poop and some water splashes on your butt. Yes, I hate that. <laughs> I would pay a million dollars right now and never feel that again. So like for me, a bidet is like buying a nightmare and putting it on your toilet and being like, here, enjoy your butt nightmare. So for me, I get it. I understand in theory what's good about a bidet. But to me, a squirt of water on my butt is something I've spent my whole life trying to avoid. <laughs> judge, me, judge me if you must. The water is coming from a different place, though. It's not. Oh, it's, I know that, yeah. Tony. I know it's not <laughs> rational, but I don't want that feeling of the water on my butt. I hate the feeling of a wet butt. It's just not something I want. I want to be dry as a bone. <laughs> <laughs> A dry um, butt is what I aspire to. That's fair. Dave. Yeah. So this is actually, Wendy, this has actually come up on the show before. I okay. was saying, well, I forget. I was saying that I was having a problem with the, the backsplash. Uh, and I was I like worried about toilet water in my butt? And then, David, you were saying that like your draw bridge closes much faster than mine does, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, you were saying it gets up in there. Yeah, like, I, think I was worried about like toilet water like going inside my body. Yeah, that's <laughs> you'll get some sort of dread worms or something. Something will happen because of that toilet water going. Yeah. But David was saying for him, it's all, it's a very external, like for me, it's almost like, oh my God, I just gave myself an enema. What just happened? And for David, it is like just a little bit of an external thing. Hence his dry, his, <laughs> his his system, like it just poop and then just boom, shuts down. Whereas I don't know what happens with mine. It's a little slow. It's a little more sluggish. <laughs> Wendy, do you care? 
Wendy and Tony, do you care to weigh in on whether you think that you have a sluggish butthole or a yes, speedy I think, one? Yes, I think I, I think I probably have a sluggish b-hole in the fact that this also <laughs> bothers me, indicates that there's something going on down there that's not optimal. Right. <laughs> and now, Wendy, a personal postpartum question. Do you have dribbling? What is dribbling? Oh, my God. You must not. Dribble- like peeing Wait. a little? Yeah. Nope, I had it my entire pregnancy. My entire pregnancy, I was like, I am basically peeing all day. (laughs) (laughs) Just quietly, slowly peeing all day, every single day. And I was like, this is going to keep, I know it's going to keep going. I know I'm going to have a problem. This must be something's failed down there, but I don't care to investigate. But then (laughs) it went away after I had my baby. It did not... Um, I had other issues, but that has not been one. It's been like, oh, I guess I just got all my subtle social peeing done in those nine months, and now I'm back How, to normal. Wow, you're so lucky. I know. Do you care I am share, lucky. Do you care to share what your other problems were? No pressure. Oh, I had like crazy constipation afterwards. Something went wrong for a few months. Where I was literally like, <laughs> I would be, this is a lot. We're in quarantine times. We can all say whatever we want now. We're never going to see another <laughs> human being again. Um, I would literally go back to like go to the bathroom and then I would have to text Jeff like, listen, something is very wrong. I'm going to be here a while. Please bring me some water. You have to take care of the children. It was as if I had gone to war <laughs> and gotten trapped behind enemy lines because I was like, I've never in my life had constipation. Like I don't think really at all. But oh, I would wow. be like, this is never going to end. I'm halfway between situations here and <laughs> it's not going up and it's not coming down mm. and I don't know what to do. And I would be like literally sweating, like crying, standing up, sitting down, like making, again, making Jeff bring me water. It would be like a 45 minute process. And I was literally like, I'm never going to be good again. Nothing good will ever happen again. <laughs> really stuck in the moment. And then like, it would be fine. But it like, eventually I figured out I just need to start taking fiber. Like the answer was in front of me all the time. But uh, it was bad. That was my big postpartum event. That and, and you, anxiety. Those were my two things. You And you didn't have constipation while you were pregnant? No, I was fine. So it was a big surprise. Huh. Yeah, I've had some, I've had some lockdown constipation, to be honest. One more question. Um, you, uh, and again, feel free to answer as much or as little. The postpartum anxiety, now that we're in a time that is very anxiety-inducing, has it been more or less? Um, Kind of about the same. Like the real crisis has passed a little bit, you know, but it has kind of come and gone during this, but not in the way that um, Tony's taking a picture of the mm-hmm. screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, not in the way that it was. Like the fir- when it first hit was like the worst and then like for about two months or whatever, but then like ha- – had ebbed a little bit so it kind of comes and goes but it's not it hasn't been this is a whole different situation because it's not like a fear of something that doesn't exist it's like just a fear of absolutely something everybody should be afraid of right like it feels rational and in control in a way i've heard people say that um people who have anxiety like in a in a crisis time they actually feel a little bit calmer because now everyone is feeling what they feel normally 
Might be true. Although I don't wish but, it on anyone. No. Yeah. But this is like a this this doesn't really it is a crisis intellectually, but it doesn't really feel like one because our lives at home, I mean, our lives, there's a lot of people for whom that's not the case, but right now our lives are like not that touched they're not touched by tragedy yet. Right. This has been a fun and light episode. <laughs> we did have a lot of butthole talk in between. There was some fun butthole talk. There was totally fun butthole talk. You can't talk. say that. Um, and that made Wait, it sound I have like a I'm point. I have show, a question. But I'm I- not. So don't go anywhere because it's not ending. Look, something that we are all doing right now and always, shopping online a lot. But did you know that you can make online shopping even better? You can with Honey. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. Honey automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart, which makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to. Uh, I love Honey. It just It's free. It runs in the background. It uh, gives you promo. It like plugs in promo codes for you. It tells you the price history of things on Amazon and on a bunch of other sites. Uh, when you check out this little drop down box drops down and then all you have to do is click apply coupons wait a few seconds for it to scan for every promo code on the internet watch the prices drop uh it helps me every time i'm on amazon it helps me save money and uh tells me whether the price that i'm about to pay is a good one or if it's up or down etc um people love honey it has over a hundred thousand five-star reviews on the google chrome store not using honey is literally passing up free money it's free to use and installs in just a few seconds plus it's backed by paypal so you know it's good get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash allison again that is joinhoney.com slash allison that's joinhoney.com slash allison would you guys like to do some just me or everyone sure yes. yeah sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone do, do, do. I needed a skadoop doop. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Beth Weiss says, now, whenever I see that a celebrity died, the first thing I check is to see if it was COVID-19. I used to check age first. Yes. Yeah. And if you use that goddamn Denzel Washington gift, <laughs> you should be removed from the internet, if not the planet. That I talked Cut about that. Even b- before before all of this, I was yeah. I was complaining gift. about that meme Ugh. gif. I guess. Remind me what that is. Ah oh, man, it's Denzel. I think it's from the one where he takes over the hospital to save his son. Like, sort of takes the hospital yeah, hostage. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's actually from. It, I could be wrong on that, but there's a thing where he's sort of feigning, but it looks kind of sincere. Like someone goes, "Well, don't worry. We'll you know essentially saying." It, it's not this, but it's the equivalent of like, well, if the worst did happen, we'd, we'd at least cover it with a check up to amount this amount of money. And then he kind of does this look of like, oh, whew, good. He just does this sort of like, whew, I was worried and a, and a classic Denzel smile. But anytime you see a celebrity, at least me, maybe it's just how my Twitter is oriented. No, same like, for me. Oh, it's fucking obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it like where the celebrity is trending and then people say, oh, no, yeah. they're trending. Um, I thought they died of COVID. No, they're fine. Yeah. Basically. Yep. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's exactly that. Yeah. You guys haven't seen this? I think I have, but I think I just walk it out in my mind. Yeah. Oh, man. I've become very aware of it. Same. But yeah, anytime, 
I hear that someone older has died, the first thing I do is look to see what the cause of like right now to see what the cause of death was like Wendy. I think a professor from our college, I got an email about a professor from our college dying, but it didn't say how, but I was wondering. Um, oh, really? all right. All right. Hmm. Yeah. By, oh, good. <laughs> and, and then no one spoke and we just quietly, if, the episode but- quietly ended. no uh okay misa spence says i think every board game that involves dice should come with a pop-o-matic do you guys know what this is Mm -hmm. yes and i think that's i that's not something i have thought but that is a great idea because you always lose the dice well and it it keeps it pretty uniform in how they're rolled so someone couldn't like send one of them on a, a roll, but then drop the second one. We're like, oh, that, that ended up on a, a snake eye. Interesting. And then you, someone accuses it, you just dropped that one. The Pop-O-Matic thing keeps it pretty uniform and uh, random. Is the Pop-O-Matic like that like blister thing that you push? That's what I think yeah. of, yeah. What does it come with? Does anyone know? Ooh, I don't question. remember, but it's a good idea because if it's built into the board, you would always have your dice for that game. Yeah. It's smart. She's going to make a billion dollars with this idea. Um, (laughs) Hannah Pepin says, I walk around my house singing my dog's name to the tune of Jackie Johnson singing Tony Thaxton. Example, Darby Pepin. I don't know. People probably do. But can you play the Tony Thaxton drop, Tony? I should have warned you. Tony Thaxton. Uh, Okay. Bruised by Dawn says, I never imagined I'd live in quote-unquote interesting times. Yeah, I know what he means. I first had this thought after 9-11. Like, I didn't think that I would live through a time, and it was a naive thought. I didn't think I would live through a time that would be in the history books. And yet here we are. And this, now now we definitely are. I remember being in school when Manuel Noriega was on the run, and then they caught him, and my teacher was like, Pay attention. This is going to be in your kids' history books. This is a big deal. And then he died a few years ago. No one cared. No one even brought up the story. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that was it was a pretty wild story with like him on the run, hiding all over the place, and basically the world looking for him. No one cared. I think 9-11 will still be, obviously, a significant uh, thing. I, this is gonna, This is a hundred-year type thing. Yeah, this is literally like never happened in modern times. So, Mm -hmm. when you say a hundred year type thing, what do you mean? Like once in a hundred years? I mean, similar to the uh, like the Spanish flu, the bubonic plague killed millions of people. If this, if we don't flatten the curve, and this has a death rate, like a worst case scenario, people are projecting, it will rank in those sort of pandemics, which is so embarrassing considering the the amount of resources we have in Wendy's face. uh, Sorry, guys. Sorry to, I don't, again, I believe in our ingenuity and ability to curtail this in spite of our idiots, which we do every day. We've invented helmets and safety belts and things. We'll, People that are intelligent, I think, will curtail this in spite of people going to Chili's and all that shit. Uh, So hopefully this will just be one that is likely in the top 10, but uh, I don't think this will be the worst one ever. Well, that's comforting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's I didn't expect to explain food scarcity to my kids. It's interesting 
Elliot wanted a banana, and when he wants a banana, he is very specific about it. He takes it, and he I have to start it. If I peel too much, then he cries. So it's very it's a it's a very fraught experience, the banana thing. So he peels the entire thing, and it broke. And so he started crying because it broke, and then he took both halves, and he threw them on the ground, and I was like, no, because now there's like dog hairs on it. It was our it was our last remaining banana, um, and then he picked it up, and then he took a bite of one half, and he wanted to throw the other half in the trash, and he was determined to throw it in the trash. And I had to like, I had to basically sit on the trash can to save that half of a banana. Wow. Yeah, I think this is good in some ways. I mean, yeah. the 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 impact that we've had on the planet has been interesting with cleaner water and birds flying around a little more. Um, and hopefully it'll have that same impact on people realizing how much food they throw away going forward. I mean, that was already a concern and people were like, oh, yeah, I know I should do that. And the number of times I was out with people that were like, do you want me to box that up? And they go, no, I'm good. And I would a lot of times like, I'll take it, I, which makes you look like a peasant. But I, it drives me insane. People are just being so cavalier with food that way or careless. So this will have some positive uh, impact in the future. I was somewhat cavalier and careless with paper products before. So switching to using cloth napkins, um, which actually sounds so fancy and, and like indulgent in a way, as mm-hmm. opposed to our super trashy using half of a paper towel previously. But cloth napkins is a, pr- I like it better. Um, and I'm trying to clean with rags and stuff and really not use paper towels and, and Kleenex for like cleaning stuff up, which I, I used to all the time. I definitely took that for granted. You know, a thing I've noticed, it's like a secret club. The people that I think are the best at that don't talk about it. You only notice it when you start implementing that in your life, where if you go to their house, they'll have like glassware and rubber more so than plastic. They'll have, like you're saying, like cloth napkins, but never talking about it, never forcing it on you where you just look around like, oh, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I, and I think it's like a secret club that's fascinating to me. What I have is I have, you know, you guys know I have thousands of velvet capes and instead of just <laughs> wearing them about the house as, as sort of glancing at myself in the mirror, I'm now using them as toilet paper to wipe my butt. And then I wash my velvet cape and then it's back to normal and I can put it back in the cave. Right. So, but that that's sort of far afield in that like the textile industry isn't entirely like your capes in themselves are sort of wasteful. Well, and most of them are vintage, David, and you know that. You know, I mostly have vintage capes. <laughs> I know you do, but you keep them in that humidor, and like, so you have to pay for all the power but involved. I also in don't have a long. The- I I don't have a long commute to work, so I offset my carbon for my cape humidor um, <laughs> by having a very. I drive about seven minutes to work uh, every single day. So, I mean, not anymore. No one does. But when right, I, yeah. yeah, I I know so I, I, I never crunch the numbers, not- so I'm. <laughs> You're, it's like 500 square feet. You're, you're making know, it sound like you have a cute part of your closet that's, you know, uh, humid, humidified. No, I mean, I feel like it's like, I just told you I'm literally shitting on my capes, so you don't need to shit on my capes, you know? <laughs> that's fair. I'm that's doing fair. I apologize. I was coming bed. after you. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. We all have and our then, thing. And mine is my velvet cape collection that I now use as toilet paper. <laughs> Which is better when than wasting toilet paper. Are you at least cutting off a little bit and using it, or do you ruin an entire no, I use cape? The, I use the whole cape. I <laughs> That's what I thought. The whole cape, and then I wash it. <laughs> we wash baby diapers. 
if we wash baby diapers, we can wash my velvet capes after I poop on them. So the only I reason poop on them, I use it to, to wash off the residue. <laughs> but you're if you cut them up, it would be that you're giving in that the capes don't have it. But this seems like you're washing them in that you want to use them again in the future. I absolutely am going to use them again in the future. That's the whole point of the story. Is like it's like it's like cloth napkins. I've repurposed <laughs> not even my close. velvet cape collection as toilet paper. It's already weird enough that you wear the capes, uh, but se- now you're going to have this backstory at future parties that no one's going to want to hear. Mm, I don't know. Interesting times, you know. Yeah. I have a I have a cape question now. So you wear that? They're they're both for wearing and for wiping. You've Do seen you me, wipe- Allison. I wear the cape. I have. I well, I have, but I want to make it come to life for the listeners. Um, <laughs> Do you use the one you're wearing? Do you wipe with the same one, like if it's extra big, or do you always use a separate cape for wiping? Um, I, I they're in rotation, so I've got one on, I've got one by the toilet ready to wipe, and then at the end <laughs> of the night, I'll take the cape I've been wearing off and I'll place it handily so that the next day when I poop, I can use that velvet cape to get in there and wipe. Well, the one that I used to wipe the day before is in the wash. And then it goes to the back of the rotation just to make sure I'm treating all my capes equally. So they still get worn and then they get used as wipes. That's so smart. I feel like we could all learn something from the way, from the, um, what would you call that? It's sort of like a, not assembly line, but. I'd call it clinical insanity. Well, I'd call it ingenuity well, and entrepreneurship. Also, and I feel honestly, like you could write a productivity book. Yeah. Green is Where, an ugly color on you, David. I'm sorry that you didn't spend a lifetime collecting capes and that now you find yourself flat-footed. I think it's so, and so insensitive because you said they mean a lot to you. You inherited some of those capes. I know the backstory of certain capes and to know that you're going to wipe feces on them. Do you not think that, that my w- great uncle, that my great uncle would be pleased to know, here's my grandniece, great niece, stuck in this situation, making right. use of the beautiful velvet cape that I wore when I did Macbeth, for instance. Yeah. That he, My great uncle, uh, the, the stage actor, he would be very I, pleased I, to know that I was making use of his cape and that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just in some bargain bin somewhere. Well, I think a bargain bin might be, this is me just politely disagreeing. I just think the bargain bin might be more gentle to it and more respectful. Well, and and you, this is why you, you don't own capes. You don't you don't know how to use them. <laughs> you keep referring to the as a the rotation, but that doesn't fully convey. Once the wiping has happened, where does the cape hang out until it is washed with the rest it goes of the right soil? Right into capes? the wash, Dave. I'm not an animal. You wash one right cape at wash. a time. I finish my business. I pull it up, pull my stuff up, pull my clothes up, my trousers. Sure. My silk trousers. And then I take my velvet cape directly to the wash, put it in with a Tide Pod on hot, and then bang, good as new. So again, the carbon footprint of using your washing machine per cape, it just doesn't seem logical. I'm just not following. Are you guys with me on this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Allison loves my cape. I think she's got a great system. <laughs> Thank you, Allison. It's nice to be supported by another woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) You don't know what it's like for us. And also, you don't know what her butthole's like. Because you're (laughs) assuming her butthole's like somehow defiling 
the capes, but I don't. I think her butthole is just kissing them. Gently kissing some feces onto them. Yeah. <laughs> so gently that they have to be washed immediately after. That's just good yeah. hygiene, especially <laughs> yeah. today. Now with FECO oral trans, uh, translation, that's not the word. Transmission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't say that this plague has affected us all positively. Well. No, just Wendy. <laughs> I'm just saying I was very prepared. Accidentally prepared, but very prepared. Um, okay. Tracy says, just mirror everyone, binge watching dramas during the coronavirus. And I'm like, what are you people all doing congregating like that before I remember it's just a show? Yeah, it's That's- weird how all of a sudden, how, how quickly it can look weird to see people congregating. A movie from the anything. 80s. You're like, come on, guys. What are you doing? I'm having the opposite problem where I still in my head am thinking like, oh, what am I going to do tonight? And and then, I mean, I'll quickly realize, oh, I can't, I can't do anything. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the total opposite of that. Mm. Interesting. Wendy, does, do people congregating look weird to you on TV? It's, it's also like every little thing they do, like watching someone take a piece of food. Like I was watching Top Chef. It's like, it wasn't just the congregating. It's like, oh, that person is preparing your food. And then, like, you're getting it from them face to face. Like, there's every little thing. Like, every show is filled with – I mean, we can't do literally any normal human behaviors right now, basically, except for the, the ones that we can do inside our home with people who would also be infected if we were infected. That's it. Like, there's right. not – like, every show you – you can't watch any moment of anything now without sort of a little bit thinking of it. Yeah. Um, on Childish – the one that's coming out it, that just came out when when everyone hears this episode, Greg was talking about um, how his daughter wanted to go skateboarding with her friends, and initially he was allowing that as long as they stayed apart. But then he these are like some new th- these new friendships that his daughter has made, and she wants to like foster them. And they went skateboarding, but she mentioned that she gave her friend a hug, so he was like, "Okay, we gotta gotta." you know, cut that, that can't be happening. So now you can't go out with your friends. And it's just so weird and sad that we are having to, I mean, I'm saying something obvious, but like we're having to thwart these sort of normal, natural, healthy impulses to connect with people. It's weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The, the handshake originated from, uh, showing someone your empty hand. Like I don't have a weapon. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, t- where where did the hug originate from? If you had a weapon and you wanted to put it in, <laughs> so at first it was all. At first it was strictly a murder move. You would have a dagger in your hand and you would go in for the hug and then you just stab. And then they would be like, "God damn it! Why did I let that happen?" Yeah, I know what a hug is. A hug is always a murder. And then over time, like it sort of like became more benign. Sometimes people didn't have a dagger. I can see where that feeling, like the first time you hugged someone and they didn't murder you, you were like, this feels amazing. Yeah, want, yeah exactly. You would want that It was a real again. innovation when people stopped stabbing each other automatically during hugs. Yeah. This is the beginning of modernity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you could always have your, but to go back to handshaking show, being a sign that you don't have a weapon, you could always have it in your other hand. Or is this in the age of weapons need, being so heavy you needed two hands? Well, remember the dignity involved with war where like, all right, listen, we're going to line up 40 feet from each other. No one fires until we say so. So there was this weird kind of 
like respect. I, I'm clearly not going to murder you with my left hand. I'm showing you my empty right hand. Right. And I think there was some level of like, all right, you got me there. And what is a smile? Chimps. It's a primitive thing. They would show you like, look, I have these teeth. I could, I could do some damage. I'm not. I'm going to let you know, like, I'm friendly. I mean, what a weird way to show you that you're friendly, though. I'm brandishing <laughs> my weapons. I'm not using them. Yeah. And yet, yeah. here we are. We all do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Joe says, oh, the current debate going on in Facebook with my family seems like a very just me or everyone type debate. And it's a screen grab of someone that says day seven of quarantine. And I find out my husband bites his string cheese, no strings, eats it like a candy bar. <laughs> that's what i've been doing i decided i have no time to peel it and i just eat it just like a banana what about you guys let me guess i think i'm dealing with two string people here if not maybe not even string cheese people at all Ooh, thank you for rem- i know that this is not try you weren't trying to remind me but in expressing that you have reminded me that my favorite thing in the world is to make something somewhat mundane into a game I also want to guess. I think I think Tony doesn't eat string cheese. I think Wendy cuz Wendy has kids, but they call them cheese sticks. So I think that Wendy does sometimes eat string cheese and I think she doesn't pull it. Dum, dum, and what was dum. your What was your guess, Dave? I think that if they eat it, I don't think they eat it regularly. I'm probably more with you that Wendy maybe more frequently because of children. It's a string thing. It's not a candy bar bite. Okay. All right. We need to know the answer. Do you eat string cheese? And if so, do you peel it? Um, I will very occasionally eat string cheese. Cheese is my favorite food in the world. And I think string cheese is kind of a waste of cheese. Not a delicious cheese. Not a lot of flavor. Not a lot going on there. If you're going to eat cheese, eat something that is good cheese. Um, that's that's a real pro. But I also think like cheddar is better. Like ev- like I'm not saying I have to have like a fancy expensive cheese, but string cheese is kind of bland. What I'll do is I'll bite it like kind of halfway and then in the second half I'll peel it. So you're yeah. right and you're wrong. We're both right and we're both wrong. And Tony, what about you? Uh, I I like it fine. It, I don't buy it very often, but I'll I'll have some if it's around, and if I do, then I will I'll string it. Oh my god, I was wrong on two. I was wrong on that one, Dave. I think you were. I think you won. Thanks. I had Tony pretty close, and Wendy somewhat close. Yeah. Snapchats. Uh, all right. Let's do one more. Here's one. This one is mine, and I already. Did it on another show, but I just want to hear what you guys think. Just mirror everyone. I like the feeling of animals and babies breathing on me. Yeah. Yep. I feel, I can't remember who was on the show last time, but they were like, no, I, they, they didn't like the feeling. How can you not like that feeling? Wendy, do you enjoy when your animals and your children breathe on you? I would say babies and kids. Yes. My dog has not a lot of teeth left. And not great breath. So that's it heavily influences my feeling about <laughs> about the breathing, even though I love her. She's tried to be on this podcast while we were she tried to get on the Zoom. She's now right by my feet. But yeah. Tony, what about you? Uh I don't really have strong feelings on it either way. I Has I, Moose not breathed on you? Uh she will. Uh but uh I'm kind of in that same boat where dog's breath is usually bad. 
So yeah, but but the feeling of them curling up with their little face on your hand, and then you feel I, the, the yeah. I, I just I don't know. I I'm more of a, I'll I prefer the cuddles. I think, and uh, you know what you know what she did that like destroyed me last week was uh, she got I had gone outside for a minute and I came back inside. I was barely barely gone, like a, not even a minute, I think. And when I came back in, she was very happy that I was back, and her tail's going great. So I got on the floor to give her some attention, and I gave her a hug. And when I did, she like leaned all of her body weight into me and put her head on my shoulder. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. All right, you guys, it's the time where I read something complimentary about my show, and it's called iTunes Comments of the Week. Normally, I read a good one and a bad one. I can't help it that there's no bad one this week. And usually, I have other people read them, but I feel like I can't um, make you, I can't conscript you into this back padding. So I'm just going to read it myself. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments, and don't forget to click five stars. All right. Allison is the friend you need by Podmom817. Started listening after she interviewed one of my favorite podcasters. First listened to Thursday group shows and went through old Monday shows with guests I was familiar with. Once I realized what a great interviewer Allison is, I started listening to all the Monday shows. You quickly get to know the Thursday guests and inside jokes. Podmom817, I'm so curious who your favorite podcaster was that I had on that I interviewed. Um... Really, it could be so many different people. Thank you so much for your very nice comment. Look, I read comments on the show sometimes, so please leave me a nice comment. It helps out the show so much. Do that on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, Download, tell your friends, subscribe, click. Anything you can do, interactive and positive, do it with my podcast. Uh, Oh, I would like to say hello to my new Patreon people, Kirsty, Alexis, Rhonda, Deborah, Mad City Architect, Ron, and Megan. Tony, do it. I see your hand up there. Patreon. Okay. Um, what is it? I think it's the time where I'm going to bring the show to a close. Um, anyone out there who is struggling... I feel for you. It sounds like I'm going to give you a phone number or something. I don't have a phone number. I just want to say that I feel for you. This is a really hard time. I've been thinking a lot about people who live alone, um, connect with people, potentially like Tony did, think about, I mean, if it's right for you, fostering an animal or adopting an animal. Yes. Um, We will all get through this together. Listen to my other podcast, Childish. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Uh, Wendy and David, uh, anything you guys would like to plug? Oh, yes. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> was that very smooth, the way I said that? It was. It, yes. It sounded very off the cuff. Yeah, it sounded very natural. David, would you like to say it? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we should have maybe rehearsed this. That Well, I'll, I'll start the first part that you, uh, Wendy and I have started our own podcast. Yay! Ooh. And uh, you can listen to the first episode in sort of a – you can't find the other episodes unless you listen to the first episode and it is hidden in a not-so-secret spot. (laughs) Hit it, Wendy. (laughs) Wait. Are we saying where it is? 
I feel yeah. like you should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like this is too obscure. As someone who used to work in promotions, I feel like <laughs> there's a fine line between being chill about it and literally making sure no one ever listens to it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's going to be available in Allison's, the first episode will be available in Allison's Patreon. Patreon. Um, so yeah. you can listen to it there. And by listening to it there, you can find out the location of the rest of the episodes. And what it is, is, I, like, I won't say exactly what it is <laughs> again, because obviously David does not want any information <laughs> leaking out about this. No, I was just but, setting um, you up. I was just saying the first enjoy, bit. It is, it so is so that you different can... from, it is different from Allison's podcasts. And if you like, so it's not going to be exactly the same content that you're getting on like a Thursday show or on Allison's uh, main show. It, it's a little different. It is, um, if you enjoy sort of the conversational cul-de-sacs that we sometimes get into here though, it's like a lot more of that. So if that sounds appealing to you, perhaps you'll enjoy it. If it doesn't, then there's so many choices in the world. You could go on Netflix <laughs> and watch any of their many shows instead. So there, yes. <laughs> I was not as obscure as David about it, but also still managed to be like, basically don't listen to this. <laughs> so I think we, no, both, I really, just, we both really like, sold it. Despite the challenge that David and Wendy have dropped in your lap, um, <laughs> if you would like to listen to it, go to, and by the way, this was their idea to let it unfurl on my Patreon. And I, yes said yeah well i fucking love that idea um patreon.com slash allison rosen and the first episode will and by the way i haven't even listened to it so if this is some kind of call to arms if you guys are starting a cult or saying a bunch of offensive things <laughs> i resent that you used me to do that but what if it turns out to just be pure racism like 30 <laughs> minutes of just fucking racist I, shit that we accidentally you let us put on your patreon <laughs> right i should have uh vetted this i suppose but anyway um the first episode is going to be available when you hear this and so if you want to hear it go to patreon.com slash allison rosen and again i before we started i asked where did they hear the rest of the episodes and even i received a um um quixotic is that the right word does that mean puzzling sure or does quixotic mean whimsical quixotic i think means like don quixote and like taking on like the windmills like a quixotic endeavor well then i received a an enigmatic response as well it is exceedingly idealistic unrealistic and impractical that is not what i meant um how many episodes have you guys done? Or is even this just <laughs> to be found out by someone who encounters it somehow? I'll leave that to Wendy. Six. Six. How exciting. I can't wait to hear it unless it is as racist as you guys are saying, in which case I'm going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, Tony, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, just the usual Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. Uh, my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday this week is on Pile Driver, the wrestling album two. Fun. And, uh, I didn't even address where Daniel, did I even address where Daniel was? No, He's I don't know. That he couldn't be here. He is watching the kids right now. Uh, we completely shut down having any childcare just because that began to feel like a, a, a risk, even though, like, we, love our nanny to death and I, I think she's being very careful but i just felt like i can't really justify taking any risk right now um 
So yeah, our lives. Yeah, and you're also are putting of, you're uh, putting uh, them in a position of risk. I, I would I think that's a good move too because you are putting your employee in a position of risk too by asking them to go out in the world every day. So I think it's a it's a you know it's something that that benefits them as well to stay home, right? To stay home. It's tough though. It's like been a real job. I know that you you're also having the juggling act of like jobs and childcare. T- I mean jobs and trading with Jeff, right? Oh yeah, we we haven't had any. We actually went into quarantine like two days before the rest of the world because I was just like, oh, this shit's happening. Like, let's stop right now. Like, so yeah, we haven't had that either. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely our our uh, our babysitter also has a child and needs to be home with her. Like, LAUSD is down, so it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, we have also yeah. shut that down. But yeah, we're just managed. We're just trying. I mean, my show's still up. Bob's Burgers is still up, and we're still making the Great North. So it's like show running from home, um, while with four kids has been like a, a little. I mean, it's weird, but at least we get to still work, so it's good, right? Totally. And Jeff's still working too. The other show, Central Park, that's coming out on Apple, is also still in production. Like animated shows that have very luckily been able to stay in production. So yeah. we're doing that. Good. We're just swapping off to hours of watching the kids versus getting our work done. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, you guys, thank you so much for joining me on Zoom. Um, stick around so that I can take uh, a, a photo of all of us. And listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Good time, but now we gotta go.